on the 16th of um, July. That's it. And welcome to today's desk, Sarah Lean. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Mark. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, is it Skeeks on screen with coffee? Are you? Um, have you got coffee? Well, well, I'm I'm cheating. It's or... it's um after seven o'clock, so it's the gin and tonic. <laughs> oh I thought you were going with water, and I'll call you a lightweight. But no, 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 no. no. <laughs> so um, you're the you're actually. I was going to say you were the second person from Microsoft that I've talked to, but I was talking to somebody. Oh. Hold it. I'm rubbish at this, right? Who knew after 40 of these? Hello, Sarah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and for all the audio files, we've got to sync sound and vision. Oh, and I've got to nice. do a shout out for today's guest director, um, Davide, who's a CSA in Italy, who watches the show okay. and i promised i'd do a shout out sorry nice <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's it's there are so many in jokes that it's just going to turn in on itself and no longer be funny so <laughs> hello sarah whatever makes it work <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that that dead air that's making me go oh no no no, it wasn't funny. Okay. Um, you work for Microsoft. Do you want to just introduce yourself briefly and tell everybody who's watching, both people, including my mum, what you do? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm a cloud advocate at Microsoft, which is a bit of a varied role. It means that I am responsible for creating content, either that be a blog a presentation that I deliver at user groups or conferences um, and I also sit within the engineering team so if customers or community people have feedback around our products good or bad um, I can feed that back into engineering and then hopefully get them to action it and then we can we can get some kind of result at the other end so it's um it's changed slightly, obviously, with um, COVID-19, because um, I used to travel about quite a bit, but now I'm at home doing everything. It's, it's been it's been a challenging, but um, fun role so far. <laughs> so what's your area of speciality, if that makes sense? Um, so I've... I've been in IT for about 14 odd years and I'm definitely an IT pro or IT infrastructure type engineer. Although I've went on that transition over the last over the last three or three, four years, four years, years, maybe doing stuff with infrastructure, either on-prem, in the cloud, hybrid, that kind of sweet spot. Um, you'll probably find me mostly talking about data center migrations um, to customers and at community events. That's that's something that I'm, I I really I really enjoy talking about because it is it my own journey being that on-prem person um, engineer that I am now um, apparently. So um, I like I like trying to help others on that journey personally as well as taking them from their on-prem data center into Azure as well. All right. So that's where I would not have seen you before because I live in the data space. So kind of I would be at the data conferences and, and not at the. Yeah. Who needs infrastructure? It's just like boxes, <laughs> isn't it? Stuff runs on it. I mean, who cares about that? We don't have infrastructure anymore, do we? Because we've got clouds. Or maybe, maybe the cloud. I no longer on. fight with those horrible little. <laughs> It's funny because I, I do a talk called um, From Pushing Server Cage Nuts, you know, those horrible little things that always snagged your fingers um, to pushing code. Um, and that's kind of the journey that, that I'm on and what I think our customers are on because it's servers still do exist. The infrastructure still does exist. It's just in a different form, right? It doesn't hurt you back uh, physically. Uh, it may mentally scar you, scar you but um, we still have to have all that infrastructure and networking and all the unglamorous part that people often forget, like yourself, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's got to look after it, but I don't have to look after it anymore. 
That's I I had my I had my time doing infrastructure bits. I used to have my head in a server rack and have to have my hair yep. tied back, otherwise it would get sucked into the fans at the top. <laughs> I've shed blood yep. on the side of a domain controller. Not not for a long yep. time. Not I mean no. Long mm-hmm. gone are those days. Um and obviously now everything I do is in Azure. So you know, I I still have to know stuff is there. I just have to pretend I I can pretend that it isn't. <laughs> someone, yeah. someone but else. thankfully I, I i enjoy it yeah so, so but yeah it's still that's where I, I sit on that hybrid kind of model at the moment so i mean i'm just being i'm i have to apologize because i'm really nosy what is the name of raccoon who's sitting on your bit is he bit it's just called bit and mm-hmm. the thing that's next to it in between bit and groot Oh, so that's it. Wait, wait till I, is till a, I get up. Is that a Moomin troll? No, it's a unicorn. Yes, so as I take it whenever I speak, and I should put it on the, in the speaker's podium. Um, I sometimes forget, but the unicorn's kind of my brand animal. So I got, I've got stickers and my logos all a unicorn, and, and obviously the unicorn's the nat. Well, the kind of national um, animal of Scotland, so it all kind of links in. <laughs> right, I've got to stop you there. The unicorn is the <laughs> national animal of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Why? I pretty yep. much lived in Glasgow for almost a year. Why was I not aware? Why was I not made aware of this? It's it's on the coat of arms and all over the castles that you would visit everywhere in Scotland. So you've probably just not paid attention, Mark. Well, yeah. <laughs> Attention isn't one of my big strong points. Um, so I'll just I'll just get a couple of my friends down. Okay. Uh, let's have a look. There we go. I can't remember which one that is. I can't remember which one this is. Is that like My Little Pony? <laughs> it is a My Little Pony. Um, it's one with diamonds. Um, nice. All I can remember is um, Princess Twilight Sparkle, Rainbow Dash, Applejack. No, so was it the Fab Five or something? Oh, come on. No. I used to know uh, all the names. Well, I, I used to like... it's because i've got um i've got two daughters and they went through a my little pony phase nice and we we did go to PonyCon one year what is that pony con <laughs> it's a my little pony convention how can you oh, wow. unicorns and not go to my little pony convention i don't know i've obviously been struck been stuck too many years to, to know all this <laughs> there's, there's a whole i mean <laughs> we went to the obviously because we had you know young children um i can't i can't remember how old they were maybe four and six maybe some something like that so we made them costumes and stuff um and then there seemed to be perhaps an after hours version of the conference for adults okay yeah which certainly not a child-friendly <laughs> version. I'm not sure what was going on. We didn't, you know, we were long gone by then. Sorry, we got we got diverted, didn't we? Sorry, this will happen. It's okay. There is no. It's <laughs> fine. I normally have like a script, uh, but depending who I'm talking to, you know, we'll, we'll follow a script, or we just won't bother, or we'll just we'll just see how stuff goes. Um, Oh, where, so where were we before I disrupted us with... Oh, so how's your kind of lockdown and stuff? Oh, your YouTube channel. So I was looking at... Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you've got your funky headphones on and you've got a boxing video. Mm-hmm. But when I put in Sarah Lean into YouTube, it, it was another video came up, another chat you did with another guy. But people shouldn't search for you with Sarah Lean. 
okay. they should be using um, Techie Lass. Yeah, that's the kind of social media handle that I kind of go for. But because um, I think sometimes if you put Sarah Lean into search engines, you get a children's author, which confuses people. Because I've had friends and family go, "When did you write children's books?" And I'm like, "That's not me." Okay. <laughs> so if I put in let's now the magic of the um, let's have a look. This might work. Web screen. Okay, so you can't see this. But we're now separated on the screen with. Uh, so the latest video is the unboxing one. And then mm -hmm. I was watching one earlier where you were putting some new fans into your desktop PC. Oh, yeah. So I I built my own PC a couple of months, months ago now. Um, that I'm currently doing. Oven's now going video. So I built a PC that can actually handle the video editing and um, I recorded most of it or talked about most of it um, on videos. So yeah, so that was a fun little project. Is that it's build time? <laughs> yeah, I did a few things around that. So, I mean, I haven't built a PC in I, I mean, an incredibly long time. I haven't touched the insides of a PC apart from upgrading a bit of RAM and a laptop. So how did you go around build? I mean, I wouldn't know where to start. So how did, where mm. do you start with building kind of a new PC? Oh, um, everybody used, everybody. Having a few. I think functionality nowadays. So I really started there building building around that and picking the components um, and trying to pick stuff that, that matched. Also doing research about what I wanted to use the PC for. So building a PC for daily usage to go on, um, you know, a browser and look at Amazon or e like eBay or whatever it may be, um, is very different than what you need from a video editing PC um, because you need, from video editing, you need all the threads that you can get from your CPU. You need fast, you know, disk Write, read rights and stuff like that so um yeah it's 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 a different beast you have to do a lot of research for it so how did you work out the best so i mean so th this is all done on the cheap um although season two does have higher production values um <laughs> sorry that's just it's everything is done on an old laptop and i was looking mm -hmm. at well what if i did buy a, and built a kind of a a PC to do the video editing that would be silent. There wouldn't be a fan in the background. So yeah. do you pick the processor? I, I somehow assumed you'd pick the graphics card first. So for video editing, you tend not to use the GPU. Um, it doesn't act like, obviously, matters in post editing that video or rendering it um, when you start talking about live streaming and how you're going to live stream your GPU matters a bit more um, but I'm not really doing that much live streaming it's mostly videos like pre-recorded videos that I then chop um, afterwards um, the live streaming that I've done I can do from the PC I've got because it's really just me talking to a camera and maybe screencasting like a PowerPoint or a, a website it's not there's there's not a lot of intensity in that um but yeah so so you're talking about video editing or even photography editing your gpu matters but not so much you could probably spend more money on the quality of your monitor to get like good colors back from the monitor than than the gpu i think that's how i understand it anyway mark oh, there's probably people I'm... out there going she's talking nonsense <laughs> No, I hadn't thought about that. It's all I've done before is I've done some stuff where I put uh, created some videos on the Mac, and doing all the editing on the MacBook Pro, so on a twenty twelve one, is all really cool. All kind of works, and then when I go right, push it up to YouTube, or just or render it, that's when it spends forty minutes. Just going, the fan comes on, starts, you know, roaring away. 
Um, so that's why I was thinking, well, if you're kind of doing that in real time, is that not, um, but you know, it's, it's something that I kind of looked at and well, if I can steal your, I mean, I don't do anything that's original. So if I can just steal your ideas, pass them off as my own, then that's much better, isn't it? I'm, it's not I'm, so much stealing, it's just building on the stuff I've done. That's the way you sell it. You're just yeah. building on my idea. Yes. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's, you're, I'm inspired by you. Is that the, is that exactly. the term? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of, there are so many people doing YouTube videos and so many people doing, like, I mean, I only found out today you had another chat with someone else. Um, so, oh, God, mm. right, you've already done this before. This is just going to be another, you're just doing the same stuff again. <laughs> It's just going to be another tedious chat about technology. Um, mm-hmm. So I do apologise if we're covering any of the same stuff. Um, not at all. Not at all. I enjoy this kind of stuff. And it's weird because, see, if, if you'd met, you'd met me, to come in on your show because I was the shyest person ever. And over the last four or five years, I've totally come out my shell and found... I want to say confidence, for lack of a better word, in doing stuff like this, um, and just, and just believe in it. To say for people, hopefully, to listen to. <laughs> well, I think when I, when I talk to people and people and they go, oh, you know, that must be difficult presenting or whatever, and you know, I'd like to, uh, I just, I'd, I'd like to do that. And you go, well, you can. I mean, everybody's got something unique. People go, I haven't got anything to talk about. And you go, well, you, you're doing something really unique at your yep. company that you're, no one else is doing. I bet you'll do it. You know, and so you could talk about that. Um, everybody's got something unique about them. They just think that they're not as good as everybody else. Um, and in fact, kind of that's probably diluting the pool because you just have the same people presenting and you just you want fresh people with new ideas. Um, instead of old fogies like me saying the same thing. I think it's nice when new speakers or new people come onto the community scene because everybody tells the story differently so the way I tell a story might be completely different from how you tell it but we might hit different people in the audience because they prefer your style versus my style or the way I present it or tell it um, so I think it's nice when people take that first step I appreciate it's completely hard I was scared the first time I ever did a presentation um but once you do that you kind of you find that the community are really welcoming or at least I have and and they're all dead supportive um so no one wants you to fail I don't think I've ever stood up in front of an audience and and knowing there was somebody that wants me to fail you know um so I think everybody's super supportive in doing it. it. It just helps you become better at various different things as well. So I, I totally encourage everybody to try it at least once. <laughs> well, I mean, is there a, a user group in maybe Glasgow around the Azure <laughs> topic that someone could go to? Um, yes, there is. So about three years ago, I founded the Glasgow Azure user group. Um, we're running virtually at the moment. Um, which is a slightly different scenario for us all but we're still trying to keep the community together because we've built up such a great group of people um, and environment that I really enjoy going to Um, so it's a a great platform and, and speaking at your local user group is a great way to start in that public speaking journey because often there'll be people in the audience that you know and are comfortable with um, and can encourage you and help you and and just have that safe space the first time you ever speak rather than being on a stage in front of hundreds of people that you don't ever know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend doing that, hundreds of people, unless you're an (laughs) amazingly gifted presenter. Um, Yeah. you know, do you do you have um or did you run like lightning talks, so like five fifteen minute small topics so people could get started and get the experience? We have done that. So there's a couple of other user groups that run in Glasgow. Um, I think you actually had one of the organisers on Craig Porteous. He runs the, and I'm probably getting the name wrong because he's changed it. The Glasgow Data User Group or oh, it's some some nonsense. Yeah, don't worry about him. Yeah. SQL. Yeah, it, it's just um, data. So it's that user group, and then 
um, and there's also the PowerShell one, and there was uh, obviously Six Five and SharePoint user group. And what we did was come together because we're all Microsoft obviously the community of events where people can do 15 minute lightning talks and. We even had a guy speaking about data on AWS. So we're totally not um, discriminatory against what technology want. It's about sharing your experiences and allowing people the chance to stand up and speak if they want to If they want to do that. Yeah. I think now is quite a tough time to do those kind of lightning things over kind of remote stuff is, is really tricky because mm. I... I like the audience. I like to see the audience. I like to, to look at their eyes as they, they glaze over and fall asleep. You know, <laughs> I like to know whether I've hit that topic or whether they, whether they've got the joke or whether they haven't got the joke. Um, you know, I like to <laughs> session. I threw out an inflatable, um, beach ball into the audience. Um, and I got some awful looks from some of them. <laughs> <laughs> and no idea what was going on um but you know you can't do that virtually you can't play with people um yeah um, yeah which is kind of one of the nice things that when you're in the room i mean you could do it one-to-one -one and maybe mm -hmm. if you had a small group um uh, i kind of um uh, go on uh, yeah no, I find in the small groups as well, people aren't turning their camera on, so you're not getting that feedback in a small group that you would normally get. So you're just you're just staring at blank screens because they've not turned their cameras on. So again, you don't know whether they're paying attention. You don't know whether they're maybe chuckling even on mute to that joke you've just made or if they're thinking about it. So often, you know, at the end of a session, I'll go, any questions? And you could... When you're in person with people, you can see them maybe thinking or shuffling, trying to figure out, am I brave enough, brave enough to ask or do I wait till I get, get the speaker one-to-one? -one? You're not getting that online because people don't have their cameras on. So you don't see whether they're maybe struggling to put their headset on to ask a question or whether they're just shy or whether they've all went away because their kids are doing something and they've had to go and attend. So strange i think it's going to be hard for new speakers to come forward now because you not only have to deal with the speaking part you have to deal with all the tech that you have to have in place and you have to be your own producer um so yeah tech. Um, i hate tech <laughs> winds me up no end it's awful yeah, if, uh... yeah. well did you see my <laughs> Last week, I, I do a, a weekly update video on my YouTube channel, and um, I decided to do it live last week, streaming it. So all set up, got my lighting okay, you know, did my makeup, had my agenda, turned on the live stream, was talking for about five minutes, and then realized, um, because there's obviously a delay between me streaming and it going live on YouTube, that my microphone wasn't working, so <laughs> no one could hear me. Um, and then I had to faff about trying to get that ready while the live stream was still working, so... It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, that's why, I mean, to, to break the showbiz magic, that's why we have the 15 minutes where we meet up for 15 minutes and I get the sound and stuff sorted out <laughs> because I have, um, I have got people on and we've, we've, uh, and then that my video camera doesn't work. And then, oh, I've done a windows update. The video camera doesn't work. The sound from teams doesn't work. The mic doesn't work. And I have to sort that out. Um, you know, who would update Windows every two weeks? Only an idiot would do that. Only an idiot on the early adopter pro. Why would anyone put themselves yeah. through that on a laptop they use for, for this kind of thing? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think I think my boss is actually struggling with that as well. He's on one of the insider builds and um, he thinks it's done something to break his fancy camera that he uses for streaming. So he, I think he was it was a way to rebuild his laptop back to an insider build. Yeah, it has its perils. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not seeing anything nice and new and shiny that doesn't exist that other people have access to. All I'm seeing are just messages. And then if I, you, you can put them off like an hour. No, 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 I won't reboot. No, no, I won't reboot. So, um, yeah. I'm going to, before we go too far, I, and I forget about this, 
is I'm going okay. to ask you a Richard Herring emergency question. Okay. So this is a um, from the Richard Herring emergency question book. These are one to a thousand and one questions um, that he uses in his talk show. Are you are you okay. familiar with Richard Herring? No, never heard of him. Is that bad? No, no, nobody has ever <laughs> heard of him. It's only me. <laughs> I mean, why? Sorry. Okay, pick a number between <laughs> one and one thousand and one. I should have prepared you for this, shouldn't I? But ah, it'd be fine. Don't worry. It's okay. Um, go for sixty-three. Sixty-three. I mean, I didn't ask you what your favourite episode from season one was of of this pod of this pod chat. 63. Well, see, I actually watched the one with Craig and you pulled out that book and you asked him, like, was it when he was breastfed or something, Till? And yeah. I was like, so yeah, that episode has stuck in my mind. <laughs> All right, okay, this is actually quite a, quite an easy one. Okay. If you had to, I mean, if you really had to, would you rather give up chocolate or cheese? Cheese. I'd give up cheese. Is is that because you can't give up chocolate, or is that? Well, actually, I've discovered that cheese makes me cough. I might have an allergy to cheese, so that's an easy one to give up. <laughs> makes you cough. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I end up coughing. So, so just whenever irri- I have a pizza with cheese on it, yeah, it irritates my throat oh. and makes me cough. What you want is so. vegan cheese. Okay, if, if it's the, uh, is it the dairy, do you think it's doing it or? Potentially. Although I think I might have narrowed it down to it's just mozzarella cheese, which is even more gutting as that's the perfect pizza cheese. Yeah, but uh, isn't that mozzarella, isn't that bull? No, not can't be bull that's cheese. Buffalo. Yeah, buffalo. I mean, bull. I mean, clearly. Buffalo. Yeah, that's the male <laughs> of the animal. You don't get cheese. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't get milk. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's uh, I'm just gonna have to go with it's a family show. Um, sorry, I do you know what I saw you had, and mm-hmm. this really winds me up. Um, it's a personal okay. bugbear. You've got an Elgato stream deck, haven't you? Uh huh. Do you not like them? No, I know I'd love them. I mean, oh, okay. but they're like really expensive. <laughs> But, but and I, I don't think I would get the ultimate use out of it. So I'm having to hit function keys and move the mouse around to change the stuff. Mm, okay. uh, so t- do you like it? I'm, I'm yeah. trying to I'm trying to I... use people to convince me to buy one. I'm trying to justify it to myself. I probably don't use it as much as you might use it because you do streaming quite a bit. So changing the scenes is quite easy. I like it when I do do that live stream. I can switch the scenes because I've got buttons and I've got like icons on the buttons. So it works good that way. Um, When I'm not streaming, I use it as shortcuts. So I've got buttons to software and websites that I constantly open. And that's now my shortcuts to them. So it's good. I like it. It's a handy bit of kit. Um. So yeah, for a hundred and forty odd quid, I'm 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 just struggling to justify that when it basically just stops me from you know it would give me higher production values, but I can simply just you know use switch with the mouse and stuff. They they've got one on the mobile phone, so you pay a monthly fee on the app, and you can run it on your mobile phone, which might be cheaper or a possibility to try and see if you do like it. You can, if you, do you use OBS or do you use Streamlabs OBS? Um, OBS. If you use Streamlabs OBS, there's an app that's straight away with the phone. So you can just, I could use my phone with it. Um, Okay. But I, I, I tried using it and I just don't think it's got the same level of control. I mean, I looked at your, when you did your, one of your live streams, and you've got that mm-hmm. pre bit at the beginning with the music playing and stuff. How do you do that? Um, that's a combination of OBS and me messing about in Photoshop and making a GIF. <laughs> so are you so it's actually, actually just a loop? 
So you're actually live, but you're just playing that loop. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. All right. I did wonder how you did that because I was thinking I would do that and I'd accidentally leave the mic open or something. And um, Well, with the OBS, you can set it so that your mic's not there within the scene. So it's just that, that GIF or that video that I've got and there's no microphone, so I can't talk over it. All right. Okay. Because um, I have I have nightmares. Well, not nightmares. I I there was a bad. It wasn't me. It was someone else. Um, we were presenting in London. Um, yeah, and he had a lapel mic on, and then went off to the loo. <laughs> so I did go over to the mixing desk and I just took the sound levels down, so people yeah. couldn't hear him in there. I then, when he came back, I obviously put them back up and I went, you were in the loo, weren't you? And he was going, yeah, your mic was on. He goes, what? No mic was on. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it has happened. It's him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I, I thought it'd be funnier to tell him it was on when it wasn't. But, you know, it's, 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 it's nice watching people look mortified. <laughs> Is that just See, me? I, if they make me up... Mm, yeah, no, that's fun. I, I think I'd probably hit you, Mark, though, if it's for me. So, yeah, don't, don't try it with me. <laughs> it, it wasn't one of those high-stress situations. Like, you know, if you're just going on with the big... It was the biggest room, but it wasn't high-stress. It was a, it was a friendly room. <laughs> yeah, I'd still hit you. Oh, don't okay. do it with me. All right. <laughs> I mean... If you do go off with the loo, either leave the mic on the table or turn it off. I mean, yeah. that, that is the um, ideal, isn't I it? usually tell the sound guys. <laughs> what, to make sure uh, to come and get I've it? Because I've done that. Oh, well, have. either to unplug me or turn it off. Because at some events, they want you there so early to test the levels of the sound, to set it up, and then... At least I get nervous again and need to run to the toilet before I present. So often I've had to run with a mic there because it's all wired up. And I have to be like, can you make sure you turn that off? Because I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> well, at least someone's looking after it. Yeah. You haven't yeah. got me on the sound desk going, <laughs> turn that up. <laughs> <laughs> have you presented it at some really big conferences then? Um, I presented at Orlando um, in, for Ignite last year, um, last November. So that's probably my biggest, which was 900 odd people in the room. So that was that was a different level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's brown trousers type situation, isn't it? Especially when I realised it was the stage they were using for Scott Hanselman and Mark Rasinovich that week as well. So um, if you know those names and you know the crowds they draw in, then you can imagine the size of the room. And yeah, <laughs> it was very scary. That must be so cool, though. I'm on the same stage that Scott Hanselman or Mark Rasinovich is. Obviously, yeah, people don't probably don't know him, but they might know Tweak UI or the system internal tools. And yeah, Scott yeah. Hanselman, I mean... If you do anything, it's interesting because if you do anything in dev, you'll know Scott Hanselman. But I wouldn't have thought he'd be that popular. He's not that popular in data world, but mm. is he popular in the infrastructure world? Mm, yeah, actually, probably not. Um, so, yeah, probably not, actually. So Although how did... I, I imagine lots of people know him just from the amount of stuff that he does, maybe. He, he always keynotes at probably most of the makers. <laughs> but I need not... to watch what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's watching. All oh, right, there are a few people watching. Actually, I, do you know I'm really bad at actually keeping an eye on the channel to see if people are putting messages in. Um, let's see if there's uh, no, and there's no, also no. Um, well, I don't normally ask people to put stuff in. Um, so you know, which is what people you know you're supposed to do. You're supposed to ask people who are watching or oh, where are you watching from, etc. It's too much hassle. I mean, I like you don't have a producer. 
Do you know, I, it's, it's another screen you have to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, and there's kind of there's enough screens. I've got you know you on this screen, and then I've got mm-hmm. OBS there, and you no, know, and I've got the MacBook there with it on, and it, it would just look really odd if I'm just constantly. <laughs> I just it was it would not be good for my neck. Yep. <laughs> so right, I saw that you built those sound baffles by hand mm-hmm. and people don't that so the thing that tux is sitting on and that channel far nine chicken is it a chicken uh-huh. yeah no i don't think he's a chicken i think he's is it a person I think he's a robot maybe. is he a robot it's like a robot it's like uh, oh okay it's a little person uh it's just a bit at the yeah. top looked a bit like a chicken so you built those you built them yourself, so are you quite handy then. Um, probably handier than my husband. I do all the DIY at home. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I'm. I don't. I'm not frightened of do of doing stuff like that or or trying it. Um, but yeah, it's okay. It probably could have been a bit better, but yeah, my, probably my first DIY project <laughs> at home. There's a few things if I was doing them again. To be honest, I'd change. Um, to be fair, but I think they work quite well. Certainly from the test that I did in the room when it had nothing on the walls and was quite bare, um, versus what the sound sounds like now with them there is much better. So it's a fun project to try, Mark. So and it kind of looks good in the background, I think, rather than those sound panels that everybody has. I, I'm not a fan of them, to be honest. I quite like I quite like the look of them. Um... I don't know if you can see right just wrong one so there right there's a monitor mm-hmm. there and just above it yep. see that odd shaped thing I've got two sweatshirts up against the wall to absorb sound <laughs> sorry it works it works <laughs> I mean it is it is huge production values that I have um and that is part of that attempt of just absorbing that sound. Um, and on a podcast I used to do a few years ago, I'd chat to people and then I'd record the intro afterwards and I would huddle under a duvet with this microphone. Um, <laughs> if it works, then do it. Do you, it's, it's, that, it's, I heard someone else doing it, someone who does sort of semi-professional podcasting, you know, because it, it, the sound is so dead. Try it. I mean, it's it's unpleasant when you because <laughs> you, you you think oh being under a duvet just with a microphone easy no 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 being under a duvet with a microphone and a laptop pumping heat out it gets quite hot and sweaty underneath there not very pleasant and then you know you know you're lifting it up definitely probably you want to do it in one take <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a one take person. I'm. I'm. Get... <laughs> Actually, this might be. So, how long does it take you to record um, videos? So, if you were doing a technical video, it depends on what I'm doing. So, see if it's like a presentation that I'm delivering. Probably, I can maybe do it in one or two takes. Um, if it's a screencast, it takes really long because i do it separately i do all the video and like create these massive long videos then do the sound recording and then chop the video down and speed it up where it needs sped up so it takes me forever to do that kind of stuff um i know other people record it and speak speak at the same same, that method because as i'm sure you know when you do that kind of thing something will go wrong or it'll take longer than you're expecting and then all of a sudden you're sitting there going do, 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 thinking and then you suddenly lose the theme of what you're doing because you'll pick up your phone or whatever or you need to start all over again one video so I'd, I'd do the video and then the audio and then obviously the post-production so it can take me quite a while I'm sure there's better ways but that's what works for me I was speaking to, I don't know if you, you know Dave Lusty. He's a CSA. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's internal mm-hmm. chat. Um, 
he does dave does demos um and i asked him how dave does yep. demos um, and so he he does the same thing as you he records the stuff in advance and then he'll edit it down and then i'll do the voiceover i i i find that incredibly difficult to do and i've got into the habit so i've been trying to record some um and what I do is, it'll take me ages to get started. There'll be eight or nine different takes where I'm just going, you know, and at the at the screen. And then I'll try and get it out in one or two takes. And if there is a long period of time where I'm waiting for, you know, an Azure deployment, what, I, what I've done is I've sped the video up to like one to 20 times something speed. And then I'll sit mm -hmm. there and I'll pick a book up. Well, all right, it amused me. <laughs> I had like five seconds of me reading in fast like motion and then putting the book down um, or drinking or whatever, or just, just to show that time has passed and then I get back into down into normal speed. Um, I, I, it's, it's not, shall we say, the professional way of doing it, but it made me giggle. And so I've done it a couple of times. It's actually quite a good idea. I might have to try something like that. The thing I think we've got right now is video fatigue or, you know, online conference fatigue. So I think if you can inject a bit of humour or a bit of human element into what you're doing, especially the pre-recorded stuff, then I think people are going to appreciate that. Um, not sure how well it would have went down if we still had, like, in-person events and stuff like that. But certainly now I think there's a chance to play with what you're doing and just expand on it and try and make people smile or laugh while they're, while they're learning as well. I mean, you haven't seen me at a at an in-person event um, where I tell the audience off. Do you? Yeah. If, if, <laughs> um, all right, so I took... Um, it, it shouldn't be about me. It should be you, but um, I, 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 I equate presentation and stuff that we do uh, when we're talking to people um, a lot with how stand-up comedians work. So we'll go out and we'll do a presentation a few times, but stand-up comedians will do the same five minutes and the same hour over and over and over again, and they'll get really, really good at it. And I find that when we, we might do the same presentation four or five times and then move on, we'll get bored with it and do something else. Mm. And I find that kind of um, we should be doing that practicing 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 um but i i borrowed some borrowed some inspiration from a comedian called Stuart lee where he will okay. play with the audience and tell the audience off and there was a whole thing where i made a joke and i went look all right like the jokes don't get any better than this right this is this is the level we're at right and so you know if you could if this isn't good enough right best to leave and and then yeah, i'd do some more stuff and then there'd be something else i'd ask a question of the audience and no one would respond because they don't and i yep. just tell them this isn't good enough right i'm i'm putting my heart and soul into this right i'm up here working as hard as i can and you're just sitting there doing nothing right i kind of need you to you know, the bare minimum just to answer a question you know? <laughs> <laughs> which kind of I, puts him in a really awkward situation but the idea is that kind of they're in a they're, they're in an uncomfortable situation so they may be listening more rather than if they were just mm. there going oh well, he's talking about something yeah he's i've heard all this before so um it, it took, took a bit of practice to get that down um yeah. but it made me laugh and i was really kind of doing it for me um but right but more, but about you so why so you've you've got the glasgow user group um you've got your blog we didn't even talk about your blog because that's where you put up the my stuff my blog's been going for sorry mm -hmm. yeah my blog's been going for a while now and it's went through different iterations so it started on like blogger maybe <laughs> five six years ago um <laughs> Oh, no. I've got something on Blogspot as well. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's been that consistent um, kind of thing. And it, although it's weird, so looking through some of the an analytics, the stuff I wrote 
five, six years ago on things like um, DHCP or System Center Configuration Manager or even Exchange 10 still gets still gets quite a lot of hits. Now, I don't know if that's robots or not. I've never re- really looked into it. But it's just as popular as some of the stuff I'm doing now on Azure. Um, so it's really weird because I've often thought maybe I'll take that content down, but then it's still a top power, so I leave it up there because if it's helping somebody, um, then I keep doing it. So, Well, it was relevant, and it, it's at the time, and clearly still relevant. Yeah, keep doing it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the more is how DHCP actually works because I found when I was working um, a couple of jobs ago um, there was a person in charge of DHCP so they knew how DHCP worked then there was a person in charge of system center configuration manager which is obviously the device um, uh, but the two of them didn't know each other's job and then I became this person that was the, the person that knew both because I was the older person in that conversation. I'd had more experience and done most of those. And then I wrote a blog article about that and how DHCP devices. And that's probably the most popular article I've got on my blog. And to me, not sounding big headed, but that's a simple thing, something that I think most people should know about, like how DHCP works in IT. Um, again, not sounding big head. It's interesting that that's a top hitter. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, even well, writing those simple blogs can effective. I, I mean, I don't know what it's like in the infrastructure community, but when you've been in the kind of the data community for a while, everybody is interested in the new, the shiny, the kind of the sexy technology, and we all forget about, well, everyone still needs to know how backups work. Everyone still needs to know all this basic stuff. Well, we consider basic, but actually it's yeah. kind of everyone sort of shifts on but and then forgets about all this other stuff. And you need all this other stuff because how do people learn how to do backups and restores and simple things and, um, you know, set up mailboxes in exchange? I mean, all right. To be fair, I haven't seen exchange since... I, why am I thinking Exchange 7? Uh, we're talking end, Exchange on NT4 and NT351. That's when I last played with Exchange. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, some of us are old. <laughs> <laughs> when you say the old person in the team, you know, you're. I'm normally the old person in the team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old on the outside, crunchy on the inside. Nice. So what else are you doing? Because um, are people going to be able to actually catch you at kind of events and talking about stuff and um, presenting on cool, sexy stuff? None of the old um, boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a few user groups and presentations lined up. I think I've got one tomorrow night. If you're watching this live, there's one tomorrow night about Azure Fundamentals. So it's a very high level talk about what Azure can actually offer you and trying to explain what Azure is. Um, And then I think next week, again, if you're watching this live, um, there's a couple of shows I'm going to be on live streams about Azure Migrate and that migration journey. Um, That's, as I said, at the top of the show, that's my kind of sweet spot. That's what I like talking about. So yeah, um, there's a few things still. If you go on my blog, I do have a speaking page and it lists all the engagements that I've got. So you can come and find me and listen to me if you want there. All right. So one of the things that I kind of do um, towards the... I'm, I haven't even asked you the standard question. Um, <laughs> that everyone... So there were two standard questions. That, oh, okay. three, never mind. So this, this season's standard question is, what's your favourite album? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm really crap with album names. I can help you out. I don't know. At the moment, I'm like album. Um, or I like Barbra Streisand, so any of her albums. I think Butterfly is the one I'm listening to at the moment on repeat. So 
Sorry, I'm, I'm, going, through, I'm going through a tunnel. Did you say Barbara Streisand? Uh-huh. I love Barbara. <laughs> I've, all right. Which actually ties in because Lady Gaga is a massive Barbara Streisand fan as well. So there's a, there's a link there. Yeah, no, 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 there's nothing wrong. Don't, don't, there's no shame. We absolutely, everybody's embraced. It's, it's just interesting that kind of every, uh, you know, I, everybody listens to a certain type of music or a different range mm. of music. Um, and it's just kind of the, you don't kind of, you would expect Barbara Streisand to be in slightly older range, but you know, no one's listening, you know, oh, I'll listen to a little bit of um, Celine Dion, you know, you know, it's no shame, no shame here. Um, (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being a good singer and appreciating good music. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't be able to help you out with any Barbra Streisand albums. Um, And I would ask you the cheese question, but actually it sounds like you're intolerant of cheese. But do did you have a favorite cheese when you could eat it? It's mozzarella is my favourite cheese, the oh, one that's yeah. constantly making me cough right now. So, try, try it's a vegan, dilemma. vegan mozzarella. Okay, I'll see if I can find that and try it. Because the um, when I was up in Glasgow, I did go around the vegan restaurants, um, and there's some really nice ones. Like not not just kind of really hot, you know scummy places. There's some really I think is it seventy eight I think it's called. They did a nice vegan mm. pizza in there. Um, okay. Obviously, stuff is just opening up now, so I don't know whether they mm. would be open. Um. Well, unfortunately, my husband's in the shielding category, oh, so right. although things are opening up, we are technically still in lockdown to the end end of july if everything goes to plan so yeah it's a bit of a weird time <laughs> no well i think everything is a weird time there is no normal i, I we used to talk yeah. about, i used to mention the new normal there is no normal nope no nope. so <laughs> we might get a bit serious now so the final question is who to kind of nominate as kind of the next person for me to speak to um and i think i I picked you because A, you worked at Microsoft and B, I saw your blog or I saw some stuff on Twitter that you did and then I saw your YouTube stuff and then I thought, oh, okay, you kind of, you present and stuff so you you might be okay with coming on. Um, But it's it's a bit weird. I, I think it's a bit weird for me to just ask people randomly, anybody, but include, but especially women randomly to come onto the podcast, which is why I ask people to do sort of the introductions. So, um, yep. and we were talking so, earlier on this, but, um, you know, there, there's, you know, what, what's your feeling? About women in tech. Yeah. And, or and, and, a nomination. <laughs> and creepy men you know, who approach you to speak at their, 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 their strange, youtube channels so i've heard a lot that male organizers of events or shows or whatever are a a bit tentative in reaching out to female speakers or potential female speakers because they'll come across as that creepy person potentially especially if the person they're reaching out to that they don't know um the way i I approach it, even if I'm reaching out to someone I don't know, is I'll go and maybe research that person because there's there'll be a reason I want it I want them on my to come and speak or come and, you know, guest on a show or whatever. So if I find something really interesting, you know, a blog post that they've written or a video that they've done, I'll use that as kind of leverage to get into the conversation. So say I I read your blog do you come and do you do a presentation on that could you come up to the user group and do it that way and then that way I think it's more personal and it shows that you've put an effort to actually learn about that person and you're not potentially reaching out because of their gender or the color of their skin or whatever and that way they, they'll hopefully be a bit more receptive um but yeah that's that's kind of how I approach it sometimes Mark I mean I did see the one well, you know your YouTube especially the live stream thing you did 
before where I could see you using OBS and you're doing some really cool stuff. And I've got to ask you about that. <laughs> so this is, I mean, this is just a vanity project for me to talk to people I'm interested in. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's just kind of a nice way of doing that rather than just kind of approaching you out of the blue and going, tell me how you use OBS. Cause I'm really bad at it. Um, <laughs> which is kind of still fair enough. But, um, so how do you find, I, I know it's been, it's a, it's a big, so I used to run a user group in Southampton. Um, and I used to help out with kind of things like SQL relay and stuff. And, there was always less women wanting to speak or asking to speak. And even the people that I asked to be on this, I've had three, I've asked more men. I've had one guy say no. And I've had sort of three women say no. And obviously I've asked a lot less women because I know a lot less yeah. women because I'm one of these creepy men that approach strange, creepy men that approach people. Um, you, you own it, right? You got to own it. That's that's what it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know, if there was a better way of doing it, so you've described a much a better way of doing it. Let's. And these were people that I knew. Um, so even though there are less, there seem to be less women who I and I know less women. So in fact, actually, what's interesting is mm. following you on Twitter and seeing some of your Twitter followers and seeing some of them that like this um there's kind of more um tech people and there's someone else um who i'm following now she's uh she's in the us she's a pfe she just happens who is it gothic opera singer do you know who she is so i'm just kind of following her stuff um she does some um i'm going to ask her on at some point because she does some um uh rant about kind of women in IT and kind of and um, advocates and stuff, but there's lots of profanity okay. in there, which is I would enjoy. Um, <laughs> nice. And and since this is a nice rounded family show, um, but it's <laughs> so you're quite happy for people to. I, it's just everyone is different. So some people are going to be happy for people to approach them and they say yeah, and other people will find it a bit weird. Um, mm. I know if someone approached me, I'd find it a little weird. What are they after? Do they want my bank account details? <laughs> I think I don't find it weird now because I'm in a role where I'm expected to present and come on shows and do podcasts. So I'm probably in a slightly different position than maybe other people that aren't in the advocacy role. Um, but yeah, yeah, there is an element of creepiness as well. Sometimes <laughs> the well, well. I've, well, I've I've heard some other stuff. So even in the data community, where people have um, put some stuff up on Twitter about how they've been, I mean, trolled is is one word of it, um, you know, and kind of and had people stalking them. So mm. you just don't want that to be the case, you know, or even even trigger that in people. So that's why I'm kind of just a bit careful. And in fact, I haven't asked most of the people I've asked on are people I know or people who have been recommended. So, mm. um, so it's a shame it's a shame that there's there's people out there that ruin it for others and make people uncomfortable but there, there, there's always going to be people that throw that that muck it up that will always mm. not, may, not intentionally just because they are who they are um they'll muck it up for others yeah and we just have to kind of you know just rise above that and go like not everybody is like that some of us are, are, are creepy and weird, but we don't want anything from you. <laughs> but maybe just an hour of your time. <laughs> oh, I do want something from you. Oh no, I've just I've just completely wrecked all that, haven't I? Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> thank you for that. So, how do you how do you find being a woman in IT? Do you do you actually find that you get? Uh, this might be a bit deep. And maybe not the right time, but do you find that you still get much sexism? Do you find that people see you and they they kind of um, overlook you, or that's a, a tough one? I always say I'm relatively lucky 
in that I've not had too many creepy incidents and and maybe hopefully not suffered too much. My first job in IT was surrounded by women. I worked on a team of six women and one guy. Um, and then the rest of the team was actually a 50-50 split when we looked at it. So I never started in the industry thinking it was male-orientated and I was going to be the unicorn in, in the room or whatever. Um, so I've kind of privileged from that role point of view as I progressed and changed roles I then became the oddity in the room because I was the only girl or I was the only technical girl in the room or I was the only infrastructure girl in the room because there's a lot more people and I think maybe generalizing a bit here but there's a lot more women in data and there's a lot more women in development than there is in infrastructure because I think I can probably list the amount of infrastructure women I know on, you know, my, my 10 fingers mark, to be honest. You've got 10. Um, I've only got eight. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's been a few incidents I've had. I was once told that in order to progress, I had to wear low cut tops and dress <laughs> like a girl. <laughs> um, so that was, that was fun. Um, and I was, quite young at the time so I did follow the advice thinking he was pointing me in the right direction and then I had a tight fitted shirt on and had to climb under a desk because at that time my role was fitting desktop pcs and crawling under desks and cabling stuff and I burst the shirt (laughs) and ripped it and then ironically I had to go and borrow a t-shirt from someone I got one of the engineering guy t-shirts which was just just a, a big male team, you know, the company logo. I then got hauled over the calls for wearing not appropriate clothing at work, even though it was a company branded T-shirt. Um, and I'd ripped my actual shirt in the line of work. So you, you can't win in some situations. Uh, uh, too many of those incidents. So I'm slightly privileged in, in, in that regard. I know other women have had it tougher than me. I am... Um, but yeah, so I'm in a weird position where I know it happens, but thankfully it's not really happened to me, Mark. All right. I mean, all I can do is apologise for, and as I said earlier, it's because men are, women are the majority. They are the 51%. You know, men are 49%. You know, all I can do is apologise for the rest of the men in the room here and whoever you meet. And and we'll, we'll try harder. And I think that's... You know, but without people pointing it out and going, let's stop that, you creepy idiot, or, right, you've, you've overstepped mm-hmm. the boundary. But it's very difficult in that situation because especially if you're kind of your boss says, that's not the right thing to wear, you go, well, well clearly they're giving me this is the right advice. Why would they be yeah. doing, you know, you don't automatically assume that, you know, they're a creepy pervert. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once you probably get older, you can probably see that happening oh, more yeah. but um yeah we all you know we all get a, you know taken advantage of when we're younger um just not quite in the same way you know i, I can't equate anything that's happened to me with with that um and <laughs> i you know you know we, we just you, as as people we just have to kind of be aware of that know it's happening and then speak up when it does happen you know mm. and kind of just go no 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 because I think in when I've worked in IT, um, pretty much my bosses have all been women. And in most of the roles, women have been a minority, but not significantly. Um, mm. You know, and kind of all the senior managers have been women. And sort of from that point, you know, the, you know they are hopefully dictating, they're dictating part of the culture. But you can't stop idiots from being idiots. True, true. And a lot of great bosses I've had have been female. My current boss is male, and I think he's wonderful. <laughs> but um... <laughs> yeah, but uh... I think my my PFE boss, um, yeah, she was really great, um, and kind of. You don't have to have highly technical bosses when you're in technical roles. You just need people that care. 
Yep. And people that trust you to do the job right, if they don't know how to do the job, that if that makes sense, like have yeah yeah well i mean that's to, to manage you rather than manage the you know the your day-to-day work you know i mean otherwise they should be doing your job um and yeah. y- you are <laughs> in your job because you are the best at doing your job that's kind of you know and yeah. and you know and especially at microsoft you know you are the best and then the best in microsoft for doing that job and being that cloud advocate um do you know what? I, I still like the term evangelist. I, I know it might be an old fashioned term, but you know, product or whatever, tech or evangelist. I think that used to be the name of your role. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I, think, I don't know. I guess it's just one of those industry terms that we've changed, but it really means the same thing. <laughs> it does. I don't know. I like the term evangelist, though, because. It just makes me think of, you know, you up on a stage, you're going, oh, this is great. And, it, you know, and I guess it's it's less about how great the product is. But when you're an advocate, you are there with the customer. And I guess it is it means a different thing because you're mm. advocating the right thing for the customer rather than being this mm. is the best thing in the world. And you need to use you need to use J Sharp because it's the best thing in the world and it's, you know, it's never going to stop. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> something's something still hurt. J Sharp, that still hurts, all right? <laughs> just, just so you know. I know you, you're probably too young to remember J Sharp, but oh, it still hurts. Still hurts. Still got the scars. <laughs> yeah. Whole product, J Sharp. And then it got canned. Sorry. Sorry. All right. We'll get back to right. Who do you think would be a good person for me to talk to next? Sorry. I love the way you're just going. Oh, he just keeps going on and on, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'm going to recommend that you reach out to April Edwards, who is also a Microsofty. Um, she is she has an interesting career path. You, you need to ask her about that. She shared that recently on a podcast um, with another good friend that you should probably reach out to, Lisa Clark. Um, two awesome women in different sides of technology. But um, yeah, those are definitely definitely two names you should reach out to and see if they're willing to. I know April. No way, probably jump at the chance. Um, Lisa probably will as well. <laughs> but yeah. All right, cool. I'll take those names down. Um, and um, well, thank you for your time. And thank you for spending your evening with me. And hopefully your husband has managed to feed himself. I think he's okay. I've got live football back. He's probably watching some <laughs> kind of football game. So he's probably not even, I'm not there, Mark. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, um, I'll let you get back to being ignored by live football. I mean, <laughs> I'm back to editing videos. All right. Thank you for your time and bye bye everybody. Yep. And we'll just awesome. stop streaming.